0: Going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Oh, hi, friends. How's your uh, Friday going? Yeah, it, my voice was trying to leave me yesterday during the show, and then it decided to, to run off and to never, never land. So I apologize for that. Uh, I will do my best to not talk at all over the course of the weekend and hopefully uh, be stronger come Monday. On that note... Did I miss anything? Apparently, I might have. Uh, I actually was away from the radio most of the morning. I come in and and there's this, were you listening? No. I was actually helping Aaron out with some marking. And so I come in and Kalen Ford was on with Danielle. Oh, okay. And then I started getting eviscerated on social media saying that I must stand for the same things that Danielle stands for. Yada, yada, yada. To which I I had to say, I I can't actually pass judgment on an interview unless I've heard it. So I wanted to wait until I actually heard it, and I did listen to it, and that's where I was during the Friday free-for-all. So I apologize for not being with you for that. You all know the story of Kalen Ford by now, the UCP candidate in Calgary Mountain View, but right around the time the rate dropped, she dropped out of the race She knew what was coming, a piece out of Press Progress, where someone had leaked Facebook Messenger conversations to that outlet. You've heard some of the comments. You heard what uh, Kaylin had to say during Danielle's show. The question then becomes, why was she given a platform to tell her side of the story? I'll give you a few of my thoughts in just a few minutes, but I wanted to talk uh, broad-based about this with Rachel DeCoste. Uh, She's uh, very well known in these circles. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon.
1: Happy to be here.
0: My first question, first and foremost, I think, is do you think we should have heard Kaylin Ford's uh, story in a long form like we did on the radio? Or does her story tell itself through the social media posts that she, uh, not even posts, but the messages that she made?
1: Any person of color in Canada is very familiar with how racism works. We don't have in Canada the crosses that we burn on people's lawns. We don't have nooses that we leave on people's uh, workplaces. We have discussions where we discuss things that are inherently give a a hegemony to race and place whiteness ahead of everybody else. So, when uh, she reveals herself through Facebook or through social media or through an interview, it's pretty much all the same thing. I, I think it's just, you're talking about a difference of medium, and to me, it's all the same. Now, you can also maybe add that when you talk long form on the radio show, when mm. you only have the interviewer to respond That's a one-dimensional, or two-dimensional discussion. When you expose it on social media, you get a lot of people who can respond or ask questions and maybe have a wider breadth of questions to choose from.
0: Is it important to have someone, whether it's of different color, different background, uh, different different sexuality, whatever the case may be, whenever that issue is brought up, to be able to understand both sides of it so that you do have that contextual conversation rather than uh, what happened today?
1: There is no doubt in any situation that having diversity at the table brings a better discussion. So if you had an all-white jury deciding on whether somebody is guilty, some, you usually have a different result than you have a, if you had different people in a jury that's discussing something. So of course, um, having somebody at the table of a different race or a woman or another minority could change the discussion if that minority has an equal voice at the table and is not afraid of speaking their mind for fear of losing their job or their position.
0: Is there anything that Kaylin could have said or would have said that would have allowed her to, I don't want to say eviscerate herself from the comments or the, the messages that were brought up, but um, make her more believable, I guess if that's the the right term, or is there anything that would allow her to maybe um, clear her name? I guess.
1: I think she's already spoken her mind and been very, very clear uh, that she's worried about um, racial, um, about white people being outnumbered, and she feels like a certain group might be the people that will outnumber the white people faster. Um, I want to just add that uh, North America or Canada, as we know it, used to be an aboriginal majority society. And white people did outnumber aboriginals. So that, that's already happened. So if people of color became the, the majority again, it would be a reset to what it was originally. Um, so she's afraid about minorities taking over. Um, and she was very clear about that. I don't know how she can undo that. Maybe that anxiety um, is accentuated by a religious um, fear I don't know how you can come back from that. You pretty much was you were very clear.
0: One of the things that I take away from it all the time is you have to own what you say on social media, whether or not you think it was taken out of context or not. Your context is going to be different from somebody else's and if somebody if you think somebody's taking it out of context, then you have to own that. Do you get the feeling that she owns it at all?
1: From um, the little i seen and read. I haven't heard the whole interview. It feels like she is non-apologetic about it. Um, I will commend her for being brutally honest about how she feels. It's a lot easier for people of color and minorities to point out discrimination and racism when it's laid out for us. It's a lot harder when we pretend like, oh, I misspoke. You know, my assistant tweeted it wasn't me or other excuses that we hear over and over again. Um, So that's my answer.
0: In terms of next steps, uh, what would you say as far as um, this discussion and, and where do we go from here? Because that that seems to be the polarizing part of it is that you have some who are saying, "Hey, it's great to have that context to which she she alluded to." At the same time, there are those who are saying we need to. Uh, there there are those who are saying we need to fire Danielle Smith for having her on the radio. Period. Um, it, how do we con- how do we make this conversation uh, more wholesome? I guess.
1: I don't I don't begrudge any media for giving, for airing um, people who have unpopular views publicly. I think it's an important discussion that frankly Canada is uh, far behind. Having lived four years in Washington, D.C., um, we are far behind in having those difficult dis- discussions or courageous discussions about race in our country. So I don't fault anybody for giving her airtime. What I would fault them for is for when she expresses stuff that should be, holes should be poked in that nobody said anything. Um, and it's funny, I would, I, Daniel Smith, I, because I live in Ontario, I haven't heard her name uh, mm-hmm. often since she ran for office. But in 2012, she had several candidates in her Wild Rose team say something that was incredibly unpopular and discriminatory towards gays or people of color. And what, and, so that's not new. But when we see that kind of prejudice, we have to call it out. That's how we show that we are more inclusive, how we are more intelligent, how we are Canadian, frankly. And what I would fault her is back then when somebody said something about, I, as a white guy, I can represent all my constituents, but the, my opponent, who's a person of color, he can only represent his own um, ethnic group. That's what he said. And she did not rush to bump him off his ticket. And I think that's what really hurts as a Canadian born and raised in this country that's supposed to be about justice and fairness and equality and charter rights, is that when somebody says something that's clearly discriminatory, that it's met with silence, that it's not challenged right then and there. And I think that was uh, what Danielle Smith did in 2012 when she ran, she did that at the interview uh, recently, And that's what really shows that we have a big problem that we need to discuss. So Mm. when you hear something, when you see something, if you are a moral person, you have to call it out right then and there.
0: Agreed. Rachel, I do appreciate the time this afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Rachel DeCoste is a motivational speaker, software engineer. She's trilingual. She's got a Bachelor of Computer Science at University of Guelph. And a whole bunch more. She's very well spoken on that. Racheldecost.ca. if you want to learn more about her. Or you can go to Twitter at racheldacost. We'll talk a little bit more about this in just a second. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR.